Welcome back to the first episode of 2021 of the Pug and Cobb Boxing Show. This is Mike Coppinger alongside Lance Pugmire of The Athletic. We have a big show ready for the first show of the year. We're going to recap Ryan Garcia's triumphant victory over Luke Campbell in the first big fight of 2021. We're going to be joined by the outspoken and unfiltered Teofimo Lopez. Of course, he's the Athletics 2020 Fighter of the Year, as well as the undisputed lightweight champion. And we're going to break down what's in store at 135 pounds with the likes of Teofimo, Ryan Garcia, Cervante Davis, and Devin Haney all circling each other. And look, if you haven't already, please do so. Like, subscribe, rate, review, everything helps. And we can't wait to get into all of this. Let's get started, Lance. Let's get ready to podcast! If you're going to go stick your head in the sand like that, get out of the sport. Mike Coppinger. It's creating a huge mess. It's absurd. No, you're wrong. So, this the only, seems the like only, a cash grab. You need to turn up and you need to be on it. We just started going at it. You got to go eat. The Pug and Cop Boxing Show on The Athletic. Lance, big, big victory from Ryan Garcia. It's what I think everyone in boxing wanted to see. And it came with the bonus that we got to see Ryan show his resiliency in getting dropped in round two. That was a big time overhand looping left from Luke Campbell. Ryan hits the deck, uh, high drama in Dallas, gets off the canvas and scores the seventh round knockout with that crushing left hook to the liver. What were your initial takeaways from that fight? My initial takeaways were obviously, you know, when you mentioned the knockdown by Luke Campbell, it's a, okay, look, Everything that we've expected that this was going to be his first real test, he's in that he's in that first real test right now. And how is he going to respond to that? I, I mean, I can remember I had a, a few people in the room with me, and I said like, this is what everyone's who's ex- expecting this guy to, you know, his they're expecting his demise and his downfall. This is what they're pointing to right now. They're 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 chomping at the bit to say, I, I told you so, and yet. You know, I said at that very second as well, like Luke Campbell should be throwing everything at the kitchen sink um, at at Garcia at this point because, look, he didn't. And Ryan Garcia, Garcia was able to recover and able to come back and show that resilience, Mike. And look, I mean, we can, I got a phone call, you know, Bill Kaplan, the legendary publicist uh, who works for uh, Garcia's company, uh, Golden Boy, after the fight. And he said, look, Ryan Garcia did something that Mike Tyson never did in his career, which was get off the mat and win a fight. And that's impressive. I mean, this kid at 22 that a lot of people want to dismiss as this social media darling uh, showed a lot of grit, showed a lot of courage, sort of showed a lot of fire, and showed an incredible uh, liver shot that just uh, rendered Luke Campbell uh, completely immobile down on the canvas. It was a it was a great finish. It was a great night for the sport, and I was very impressed. I mean, you had to have been as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, we knew Ryan had an excellent offensive attack, and he showed that again. Great speed great power, but he was doing so against limited opposition. And now he did so against an Olympic gold medalist guy who was battle tested against the likes of Jorge Linares and Vasily Lomachenko. Um, and I really love that we got to see Garcia hit the deck. I, I don't see that as a negative, you know, I think he, sh- I actually think that, you know, gave me more confidence in his chin because he took a big shot and then he was still okay afterward. And that was no flash knockdown, but he seemed to recover just like that. And that's an incredible trait. Reminded me a little bit of Juan Manuel Marquez, who would be hurt in a fight, and then like five seconds later, he would be fine. So great to get that all out of the way. The offense is just where I thought it was. I would say the one concern I have still is Ryan Garcia's defense, or lack thereof. We know Eddie Reynoso is a great defensive trainer, and 
it's a hard style to learn. He teaches his fighters to, to slip punches. Um, and I, I don't see that yet. And I know Ryan's still developing. I don't, I'm not going to be harsh. You know, Ryan's 22 right. years old, but obviously look, the, the chin is hanging out there. It's probably got to tuck that chin a little bit more, a little bit more head movement. I saw the head on the center line a lot. And if you're fighting a big puncher, like a Tiofimo or a Javante Davis, you do not want to get hit with the kind of flush shot that Luke Campbell hit him with. Um, Canelo Alvarez, his mentor, he's, he's the probably the best in the game at riding punches. You always see that anytime a, a punch connects with him, he rides it out and turns his head with the punch. And that's not what Ryan Garcia did with that second round. He took that shot flush. Campbell punched right through the target. So for me, that's my biggest concern, but more positive than negative. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's okay for these fighters to be human, to be flawed, and to have some imperfections that they're going to have to deal with and confront in these fights. Because we could sit here and talk about, you know, some of the imperfections with the other lightweights as well. And, you know, look, Ryan Garcia, I, I was I was really impressed with um, his ability to communicate what happened to him in the ring. I mean, he talked about it, that he was dizzy, but he kind of gained his bearings about him. And then he said, like, you know, like, I got to get back to business and I know I can still win this fight. Uh, very impressed. And then he even had a message for, you know, the people of his generations that, you know, don't be dismissed as what, you know, people see you as, you know, strive to be that person that you know you are in your heart. It was all around just a, a great night for Ryan Garcia to really ca uh, put aside a lot of the people that have doubted him so so seriously. And honestly, I mean, it's not even just doubt. It, it, sometimes it comes across as pure envy and hate. And Ryan Garcia dealt with all of it. He's had to hear all this stuff on social media. I mean, we look, Mike, we take some social media hit, heat, right? On, <laughs> on us. Well, can you imagine what this guy is dealing with? So, I mean, he's l listened and heard all of that. And he answered the bell and he came back and um, um, showed against, a, a, like you said, a former two-time title challenger and Luke Campbell, you know, just how good he is. And, uh, you know, now he sets himself up so beautifully for these other fights that are before him, whether it be against uh, Devin Haney, which he's now in mandatory position to uh, uh, get for that secondary uh, WBC belt, or, you know, take on the super fight against uh, Gervonta Davis, which I know a lot of us would love to see, and then standing at the top of the mountain as Tiafima Lopez. So, so much excitement in the lightweight division right now, and, and so much of it has to do with what Ryan Garcia accomplished on Saturday night. And Lance, speaking of Tiafima Lopez, he's going to join the show right now. Everyone welcome Teofimo Lopez, the undisputed lightweight champion of the world and the Athletics 2020 Fighter of the Year. Teofimo, thank you so much for joining the show. First off, we want to make sure we make this clear. You are the undisputed champion. Um, what do you think of all this nonsense that keeps going on with that? Um, I think that it's, uh, it's crazy, man. Uh, it's crazy how people try to downsize the achievements and the awards but you know it comes with the territory i'm very thankful though that for those that do know like uh like you guys and and that's why we are um you know we uh for myself i always respect the fact that you guys know and you guys know who really is the real deal and who is the the actual undisputed world champion so you know um for all that man it is what it is you know now we move on to to what's next you know and and what's next man um you know we're already uh, working on the Cambosis fight since he's my mandatory. If that doesn't work, you know, the next the next decision is uh, Devin Haney. Devin Haney overprices himself, then we're going to see if we go to Garcia, you know, and, and see go from there, you know. Um, I'm very uh, I'm very happy for this year because uh, I, I do believe this year is going to be our break, uh, breakthrough year. 
2020 wasn't the breakthrough? No. No, it was just the beginning. Yeah, it was just the beginning, man. Yeah, we're not, I'm not satisfied. I'm not where I need to be yet. Once I'm where I need to be, then I'll tell you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Ryan, Ryan Garcia, you know, he has a big following. And I think that was great for all you guys and for boxing as a whole that he looked, you know, he got the knockout win. He looked good against a tough guy. What were your initial thoughts? Um, I didn't see the fight personally. Um, I tend not to watch these guys. I tend not to watch these fights. Um, the only one that I went to watch, obviously, was Canelo, you know, um, and I went there to see it in person. Uh, he invited us and everything, so that was nice of him. Um, you know, uh, with Gar- Garcia and everything, seeing the highlights and everything, seeing how he came back from that knockdown that happened in the second round and all those things, I think that, you know, it goes to show that the, the kid still wants to – he got it. You know, he shows that he has heart. He wants to keep fighting. You know, he did what he did, and he stopped uh, Luke Campbell with a body shot. You know, and um, props to him, man. I think now, but, you know, I think that's the main thing. You know, it's about, it's that now. You know, he he showed that he he could hang in there a little bit with the guys. And now, you know, now all we got to do now is just make these fights happen. Yeah, I mean, what's it like for, for you and your position, uh, TFML? Because the situation is, is that, you know, you're around their same age, but yet, like Mike said, you are the unified champion. And you're looking at all these guys you know, you're observing not only the Garcia fight, but you saw what Gervonta Davis did, um, mm-hmm. a division below you. You've got mm-hmm. Devin Haney who holds a belt. What as you as you look oh, at come this on, landscape, Lance, don't do what? it. I thought we were good, man. Come on, Lance. You know what it is. Come on. As you look it. at you know, this look, landscape, what do you mean? What do you mean? I just I just got the belt yesterday. You know okay. what I, I just I just got the belt. I got the WBC, the other belt, and I'm gonna show you because look who was cheesing at it. <laughs> oh, that's a picture of Teofimo uh, Senior who they call Junior so these are the certificates I have the this one is the WBC lightweight franchise and then the one right here is the WBC lightweight world title and then we, this is the belt that, that had came in the mail and wow. yeah so nice. and that one does does that one say franchise ladies and gents no it doesn't thank you because no. that's the other belt that we were collecting so um, like I said though man Come on, Lance. You know I'm undisputed. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> but however, however, man. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, when with these guys and these type of fighters, man, I'm very happy that we have this type mm-hmm. of this type of um, competition for real. However, in order in order for it to be competition, we gotta face one another. Yeah. And that is the part that I can do it. It's the other team. It's their part. It's their their side of this. That's um their side of the uh, their pond that they got to come out here and let's make the fight happen. You know, and I think that's the most difficult part because being who I am now, where, what we did and, and on top of that, you know, now we're the king of the division. A lot of people are going to put a lot of, a lot of that on me. Oh, that's why the fight fell. No the reason why fight falls is because people overprice themselves too much to know that they could get out of it. Mm. And that's the whole issue right now. But you know, we're gonna see what happens. We're gonna we're gonna press these guys. We're gonna make these fights happen. You guys know that. I'm all about the fans, and I'm all about you guys and making these top fights happen. And um, we'll see what go what happens from there. All right, we're gonna do a quick pause right now as we wait to hear from one of our sponsors. Now it's not it's not an excuse because obviously you want to be part of this. Uh, but the situation is, I mean, you've talked for a long time that you're only going to be at 135 for so long. So I mean, can you mm-hmm. hang out at 135 to be able to take all these fights, a, or at some point are these no, fights going I, to take place at 140? Like, I got one or two. 
Honestly. Okay. And then these fights are going to take place at 140. They got to come to me. Like the whole thing is like I can make these fights happen. It's just that they just they just starting to come at 35. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been at 35 my whole career. So it's it's things like that that that's the thing that 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 people don't understand because they haven't really done their research on Teofimo. They only focus on what's going on right now. Um, I've been at this way. I'm 23. I'm growing. I'm getting bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys seen me before. And, um, you know, but no excuses. Like I said, I plan on doing one or two fights. And it's going to be with any of those guys to make happen. Um, I plan on fighting three times this year. And um, we plan on doing big things. And and then at 140, hopefully the goal is to to get the winner of Ramirez-Taylor at um for undisputed at 140 for heisman trophy night wow yes sir that'd be amazing mm-hmm. yeah i mean that would be an amazing fight for sure uh, obviously josh taylor is going to be a favorite in that fight but oh, obviously. Um, oh, oh. Wow. I, I, i'm saying wow. it right now the scots what was with the scottish what is it Scot- yeah, what is a, he? scotsman oh man Hey, it's all good. Hey, I'm I'm used to being the underdog, and then I no then no I no. I meant over I meant over Jose Ramirez. I, I meant over Jose Ramirez. Josh Taylor is. I'm not oh, yeah? I'm not making any picks. Of, yeah. All right, all right. All right. Um, I thought we were talking about already ahead of the game. I was like, wait. <laughs> uh, no, but I think it's definitely gonna be a good fight for those guys too to to make that fight happen, man. So I I, I believe I'm gonna stay at 135 until they they finish that fight, and then we'll make the fight happen next. You know. So yeah. that's the only reason why we're just trying to stay active at the moment. Yeah, and obviously Cambosis proved himself against Selby, and that would be really cool for you. You're a world champion to fight in Australia. Um, talk about how important is that to you to be a, an international fighter? Um, it's very important because it shows that I could branch out that way. You know what I mean? If they're talking about Australia and it being 60,000 or 80, whatever it is, amount of fans, I mean, it just goes to show if we can make that happen. And I don't know we with the COVID restrictions. However, if we can make that happen where we have anywhere from 40,000 and stuff. I think the numbers don't lie. It shows right there that Teofimo can sell tickets and Teofimo can make a fight happen no matter who he faces because he's that much, uh, he's that marketable and he's that big. So um, that's the whole thing. You know, that's the whole key point of why we're going to Australia. However, if Australia doesn't work and they they do something or whatever it is, COVID, however it goes, plays out, then we're going to move on to Devin Haney, you know, unless Cambosis is willing to come out here to the States. We fight in in Miami, we fight in uh, New York. If, if it's the Garden, things like that. I kind of like Miami as a fight hub. Wish we had more fights there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, what I plan on doing is fighting at these uh, football stadiums, whether it's the AT and T Stadium, um, the Hard Rock Stadium in Florida. I have a lot of people out there. You know, I was I was out there almost, you know, for my whole amateur career and everything, you know, in, in Florida. So I do have a lot of people and uh, a lot of people that support out there. So definitely could sell a lot of tickets and make big things. And then the West coast, I have a lot of fans, man, all the Mexicans, all the Latinos and, and just everyone, um, African-Americans, whites. I mean, it's just big, man. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's the thing about you. I, I, you know, while we've seen this before where when, when guys are talking about fighting each other, they kind of shit on each other's popularity. I knowing you, I bet you're happy that Ryan Garcia is as popular as he is. That Gervonta Davis has been oh, able yeah. to, you know, maximize this urban market and the people that are coming to watch his fights uh, as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Because yeah. that's good. Those dollars are going to come to you at some point. Absolutely. And on top of that, you know, it's just it's it's always good to see people succeed because you succeed as well with that because you see everyone doing their thing and it helps. Everybody's happy. Everybody's winning. You know what I mean? When they win, I win because it's like, good. 
Now we can still make this fight happen. Okay, good, good, good. Now this is a potential fight because if you lose, which he almost had a hiccup, Ryan Garcia almost had a hiccup, but he 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 got his way back. You know what I mean? And that's what a true champion does. You know what I mean? I don't hate these guys. Why do I need to hate them? I'm leading the way. They're in the back. You know what I mean? So we just staying straightforward. Um, I don't hate no man. Right now we have the spotlight. We're gonna keep the spotlight, and we're just gonna make these fights happen, man. And everybody wins, man. I'm very happy for all of them. Congratulations to all of them for a successful 2020, and congratulations to Ryan Garcia for for doing what he did against Luke Campbell. Yeah, Tiafimo, you may not be a hater, but one man who seems like he is is Vasily Lomachenko. Lots of excuses for him right now. Injuries, <laughs> bribe yes. judges, the boogeyman. I don't know what's going on. I mean, how does that strike you when you know you won fair and square and you hear this guy crying? <laughs> um, well, we're talking about Lomachenko, someone that is a, he, he, you know, he was the matrix, someone that a lot of people talk very highly of, and he still is. I mean, um, that doesn't just because we beat him doesn't take away all the achievements and everything he has done, you know, all the accolades. However, you know, doing what he's uh, saying, what he's saying, of course, it surprised me because I wouldn't expect that. But but what can I expect when he didn't even acknowledge the media or anyone and gave his response back to you guys the night of the fight afterwards? You know, he just left and just took off everything. So I believe that it shows his character. However, you know, um, I don't wish him nothing but the best. I, I wish him nothing but the best, you know. I don't I don't wish anything. I don't wish bad on him. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I think that it's uh, it just goes to show, man, someone that doesn't, he just doesn't know how to lose. That's it. I think he's going to go back down the super featherweight, don't you? Could be. It could be um, I don't, because I don't think any of those guys at the 135 are going to want to fight Lomachenko. They're still scared of him despite what we did to him. They still fear him. And but that that's the thing that they're so happy about is that we did the job for them. So now it's all that weight and all that pressure. Like, oh my God, I gotta fight Matrix. I gotta fight Loma. Fuck. How am I gonna do this? You know what? I'm gonna overprice myself. And that's what Devin Haney did with the with Lomachenko. And um, but we did it, you know. So um I think that, you know, now they feel like they got all that weight off, you know. So um I think Loma does know that he'll be at one thirty for sure. Yeah, I think he will. For you, uh, I mean, a lot of people, including us, are are ranking the the top lightweights right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Whoever says Tank is number two, wait, whoever says Tank is number two, what is, uh, is full of, is full of shit because he only fought once at one thirty five, mm -hmm. and it was against Gamboa who who had a he had, who had Achilles whatever problem, however it is. But it's how can you got how how can they overlap Lomachenko? When he's been at 35, conquering so much, this guy only fought once at 135. The reason why Floyd don't want him to fight me next is because he only fought once at 135. He has to fight again, prep himself at that division because it's a bigger division. You know what I mean? And um, so I, for those that are saying Tank is number two, it's just that everybody's trying to bring Loma back down at number to the last to the last row. So you yeah. have Loma number two, but who's three, four, and five? Three, four, and five: uh, Devin, Garcia, and then Tank. Wow. You, would you like Garcia in a tank fight? The reason, the reason why I say tank is last because he hasn't fought enough at 35. He just started going up because he's too fat to make 130, and then he made 130. Good for him. Um, uh, you know, I think, yeah, Garcia, tank, If they, they've been talking about it for years now. You know, same way me and Loma have been talking about it for years. We've been talking about it, so that fight should definitely happen for the fans. I think it'll be a good fight, intriguing fight, and um, – you know, I think that uh, definitely, man, me and Loma did our part. Now it's time they do their part, and then we make the fights happen more. You know, it's, this is like uh, the Super Series you were talking about. This is a tournament, so we're just knocking everybody down. 
you know, despite that. the excuses, you're right. Lomachenko still is one of the best fighters in the world. I know he's called for a rematch. Is it one of those situations where maybe you would have given him the rematch, but now you don't want to because of all the excuses and everything? No, no, no. It's just uh, the way everything was played out. You know what I mean? I don't want to explain myself too much on how everything turned out when we were negotiating. Just the way it was one-sided, that's why. I'm like, you know what? I did my part. I showed you I'm the best. I beat the guy that y'all thought I wouldn't beat. And um, and the way they did me on that part, so I'm going to do them on this part. Fuck. Sorry for my language, but F you, and I'm moving on to bigger and better things. Hey, all good. You can curse here. Um, <laughs> we're allowed. <Fuck>. allowed. <laughs> um, you know, you said earlier that, and you're right, it's not going to matter unless you guys actually fight each other. We know how outspoken mm-hmm. you are with your promoter and with everyone. It's yeah. up to the fighters, really, and it takes two. How yeah. outspoken do you plan to be when it comes to demanding these fights? I'm very outspoken. I, we, we need to make these fights happen, man. Um, how you say that you're the best, but you don't want to fight the best? You know what I mean? That's why we. I'm the type of fighter, if I say I'm the best in, in this division, I'm the best in boxing, I'm going to go out there and show y'all and prove y'all every time, each time, and how we do it. So, you know, um, I'm. you don't ever got to worry about Teofimo trying to bring fights to the fans. You know, you got to worry about the other side because it takes two to tangle. And if the other ones don't want to dance with us, then we got to find another dance partner. Yeah. Me, me personally, I just hate when I hear fighters and I know you never say this, but I hate when fighters say, Oh, I'm going to leave it up to my manager. I'm going to leave it up to my promoter. who I'm going to fight. Like, listen, you know who you want to fight. You're a man of your own. And yeah. I think we need to have more guys tell their promoters, look, I'm not fighting this guy. Give me I the guy. Like a I million want. dollars from, I lost a million dollars from that fight. Hope y'all know mm-hmm. that. About like 800,000 off that fight. I yeah. could have easily got, I, I could have easily got 2 million, but I didn't. I lost about like about a million. Kid you not. You bet on yourself Kid. though. But you know what? It ain't about the, it really ain't about the money right now. It's about the glory. Now we're going to get the money with the glory because we have it. And, and that's what it's about, man. I'm just, I guess I'm one of those old school fighters. I'm not into all this um, TikToks and all that stuff, but I guess I got to join it now. I guess I got to join it now. <laughs> I hate well, the it, bottom line I wish, is, I, I wish yeah. you know, they talked about the four kings and the whatever, the, the yeah. horsemen and stuff like that. See that right there, that's boxing. That was the time. That was that was boxing. Those guys didn't care, you know, and they were making money while doing it. You know what I mean? Now we got these jokers who are like half-ass fighters who who are too scared to be like, nah, man, if I'm not getting this much, I don't want to fight you. You know, and it's like, you know, so it puts a lot of pressure on uh not really it, it puts a lot of um a lot of eyes on myself because they think that I'm the one that don't want to fight these guys. Nah, it's just a lot of these guys don't want to fight us. They overprice themselves, you know, but we'll see what happens, you know, once we throw these contracts at these guys. Well, I think I, I, I think the point is as well is that it's those guys, it's your attitude, it's Canelo Alvarez's attitude that mm-hmm. is drawing the popularity. And, you know, that is the fruit of what you're doing right now and the, the stances that you're taking and saying, like, these are the fights that I absolutely want to take. I don't care if I don't get paid that much. You know, like you said, I want the glory. Do you think that that will hold, um, you know, through it and allow these all these fights to take place? It can, it cannot. You know what I mean? It's up to, like I said, it's up to both sides. You know, me, you don't got to worry about us. You know, even with my manager, David McWhorter, my father, who's my head coach, and uh, Teofimo Lopez Sr., uh, we all just talked about it. We got to make this fight happen no matter what. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it ain't about, it is about the money. Don't get me wrong. A guy, a guy got to get paid for it. If you want to watch Teofima do his entertainment, you got to pay him. However, um, 
I think about also myself of my ego and I know I'm the best. And now I'm the man. You know, no one got that ring magazine belt but Teofimo. You know, you can't make that. You can't make a replica of that. Uh-uh. You know, so it's um now it's all about all right, now that we got this and we got this, uh, we got the ball rolling, let's keep it going. Let's start shooting threes and start making shots and let's start, let's start, um, you know, heading to the NBA finals. I don't know, you know? <laughs> um, I mean, every fight obviously is its own negotiation. And you said that you probably felt left some money on the table, but in my, from my view, you know, you took the fight, you probably won't should have got more money, but now that you won and you look so good doing it, you're going to get way more money next time. Do you think more fighters need to bet on themselves, so to speak? If you don't bet on yourself, then you don't believe in yourself. Straight and point and simple, man. I go out there, I fight, I fight a giant, I fight King Kong. King Kong ain't got shit on me neither. So it's like I don't mm-hmm. care. You know, that's all about. It's it's about um if you believe the best in your division or in, in everything, I guess I guess I have a different mentality than these guys. They talk about watches, well, not even they talk about cars and everything that they, they can't really afford. They can't really afford that. Um, and if they do, they're gonna go broke from it. So I think about it like, hey, um, but you know what's crazy, right? I only got 16 fights. I only got 16 fights. These guys are already on their 20th fight, 20-something fight. And they're talking about they, that they make a killing money. They make $2 million, $3 million, whatever. That's not even a lot of money. You know what's going to happen by the time I'm at that time? By the time I hit their numbers? By the time I hit, by the time I'm on my 20th pro fight, my 21st, 23rd, anything can happen. I'll probably be making, I'll probably be making eight figures by then. And that's all because you have to invest in yourself. You have to lose money in order to make money. And how you do it, you gotta you gotta take risks. You got to. I gamble my life on boxing because I know I'm the best and I respect the sport. And if everybody had that same mentality, if all those other guys, all those other three or four fighters had those that same mentality, you guys would be seeing back-to-back fights of all of us connected. But they don't have that same mentality. They're only thinking about the money. And that's where they're gonna fuck up. Yeah, and it, it could definitely be a myopic viewpoint. And when I look back now, I mean, Nakatani, that was a tough fight. I think you earned a lot in that fight, probably, from my perspective. He's an awkward guy, and look at him now. He just knocked out Verdejo, who I know the top rank was trying to set you up with, but Verdejo's gone now. How much did you learn from fighting a guy like that? Um, I learned a lot, and it wasn't from the styles. It wasn't from that. I learned from my mental that, that I can't be distracted about everything else that's going on, and I learned that. You know, I was so I wasn't in the fight when I fought Nagatani. I was just thinking about what was going on inside. And that's when I learned when I came into the Kome fight, I'm only thinking about myself and I'm thinking about the guy in front of me. So it did help. You know, it helped a lot. It wasn't about uh, how difficult the fight was. I made it difficult on my own. However, you know, you need things like that because it helps you. It's an experience. You know, fighting Lomachenko, it helped me as well. It's a good experience. I learned from these guys. That's why I take these competitions, because it betters myself, because it helps me. Yeah, well, Absolutely, yeah. to that point, I mean, most uh, most athletes reach their prime in what twenty seven, twenty eight. How how yeah, much Mike, look farther? At, look at it like this. Look at it like this, though. If you look at it, when you if you go against, let's say you have a, a team, NBA team, whatever. Uh, if you're playing basketball, football, any type of sport, if you go against a team that sucks, you're gonna your team's really gonna it's gonna you're not gonna really develop good from it. You know, you're gonna be playing like shit. If you continue play with trash, if you continue play with players that are not good and not on your level or com- competing with you or it's not competition then you're never going to get better but when you face guys that are going to be better or number one and stuff like that you get better with time so i think that's what they need to take they're taking 
they're taking the easy route, protecting their O, trying to make the money they can, promote what they got to promote. Teofimo's been doing this on his own with his, with my father. You know what I mean? I don't have, I'm not dick riding with Canelo. I'm not dick riding with Floyd. I'm not dick riding with any of these guys. I'm not. I'm not doing mitts with these guys. I'm not sucking dick. I do it on my own. You know what I mean? I'm not sitting on, I'm not jumping on somebody and holding on to them. Nah. Uh-uh. I'm going to be me. And that's the problem now is because I'm doing this on my own. I'm not clout chasing on anyone. That That's why they ain't trying to mention nobody no more. They ain't trying to mention me no more. But it's all good. We're going to keep it going. We're going to keep it going. But, um, yeah, back to something, back to what you had to tell me. Uh, I was going to say that a lot of times. And I agree with you. More fighters need to, to have that mindset and fight tough op- opponents to get better. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, you're 23, right? Most yeah. athletes reach their prime at like 28 when their experience meets their you know physical prime. How much yeah. farther do you have to go, do you think, where you're going to be so much better? Are you scratching the surface? I just touched the surface. Yeah. I just I just got my feet wet. <laughs> I literally just got my feet wet, man, and I think I'm very happy about it because there's so much more room to grow. I learned a lot from the Loma fight. I learned a lot from the Kome um, Nakatani and so on and so forth. Every fight that I face, every fighter I face, I learned something from, from it, you know, within myself. Cause I want to better myself. Uh, I believe that there's so much room. I think that's the thing though. People are scared 23 years old beating someone that people said that was like a God, even, even Bob himself said it was better than Muhammad Ali and beating the guy in the way I did at a young age and with less experience, whatever they want to say. Um, that's some scary shit because who knows what I'm about to do when I'm actually on my full 25, full growth, full man strength, full everything. Mm-hmm. And when I'm actually at the weight that I really do need to be at, um, I'm holding at 135 for now, just so I could whoop on these guys a little bit more and then we'll move up to 140. But I'm, it's, am I, am I completely comfortable at 35? Is my body? No. However, I'm pushing for my, for, to make bigger fights happen. The thing that we saw in that fight, uh, TFMO, was obviously your confidence, and we've we've heard that today. And thank you so much for everything that you've said uh, in today's conversation. But where does that what is that confidence rooted in? Where does it come from? More than anything else, when you think of you know just how bold you are, what are you drawing from to to be that strong, strong minded? You adversity. That's the only thing. It's going through these obstacles that that God gives me that I go through, I walk by faith and that's what it is. And I believe in myself. And when it comes to that, it's all about the trials and all the things that we went through, me and my father, um, as a team, as a duo, the, the, the dynamic duo, um, you have to have the struggles. You have to know, you got to know how to, just like you take your wins, you got to take your losses too. You know what I mean? And, and that's what it comes to. And the whole confident level it was from my father always staying positive, telling everyone that I was going to be this and that. And he brought that out on me to where I believed in myself. And now I just took over to a whole nother level. So that's all thanks to my father bringing me the confidence and giving me that. And um, just seeing my work ethic and how I'm doing it. Um, I'm the best. And and I'm never going to see it no other way. And I'm going to, when I retire, I say in about seven, eight years, when I retire, uh, it's going to be, um, it's going to be, I'm going to be very content and very happy that I did what I did in the sport. Yeah, I, I say I retire by 30, man. I'm probably wow. gonna, I'm going to save I'm going to save all my all my money. I'm going to collect as much as I can from the sport, make businesses, meet meet wealthy people, talk to and just connect and network, you know what I mean? And 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 just go on from there because I don't need to do this for long. 
You know, I don't need to be getting more headbutts in my, my face, you know? <laughs> That's a beautiful goal. That'd be an incredible and totally unprecedented if you walked away from the sport at the height of your uh, your game. Ah, uh, yeah, you know. That um, never happens. Who knows? It never happens. Hey, they said this wasn't going to happen, and it happened. Uh, so, true. you know, hey, um, Teofima is just a different breed, man. Yeah, I got to be happy about that, man. Don't, don't, don't just appreciate the fact that 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 I'm trying to do something different. I'm trying to bring back the, the old times. Not about, oh, let me protect my own. Let me see how much money I could get from it. It's about let's make these fights happen that the fans that you guys want to see. That's the most important part because if you guys are happy, I'm happy because you guys are happy that you guys, hey, I want to see that fight. I'm happy about that. Let's go, let's go pay to watch that fight. You know, and then that helps because everybody's eating, everybody's eating, everybody's winning. I wish everybody had the same mentality, but everybody's I don't want to say this word, but I got to say it because it always comes out. It's everybody being a bitch. Well, hopefully we have less of those kind of people in boxing going forward and more like you. Um, and I know I'm you're gonna... going to have more influence going forward. Hey, you know, honestly, though, it's it's uh, it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing for the sport. I think that we needed a change. You know, mm-hmm. things happen for a reason. And and now that we have this this new generation, this the younger, hungry generation that's coming in. Um, you guys are definitely going to see a lot of big fights happen, man. A lot of fights that, that you guys probably wouldn't expect to happen. And I think um, I think that it's going to be a, um, a hell of a new change for the sport. Honestly, Tiafimo, that's why you, you are our fighter of the year. Uh, it's why you're Thank standing you. as the unified lightweight champion of the world. And we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us on Pug and Cop. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. And I appreciate it. You got anything else for me, Mike? That's it. Appreciate your time. Um, and if you're not already, you could follow Tiafimo Lopez on Twitter and on Instagram at Tiafimo Lopez. Thanks again. You sound like you almost sounded like me, Mike. But I got to tell you, man, um, thank you guys for the award. Thank you guys for nominating me and um, for this achievement. I it really it brought tears to my eyes to know that I'm being uh, I'm, I'm actually being acknowledged for all the achievements that I have had. Um, despite the things in the, in the past that have happened. And despite winning the Olympic trials, all those things that it has happened. Um, thank you guys. Cause you guys do motivate me more. So thank you to the athletic. Thank you guys for everything. Thank you for this award. I really appreciate it, man. And I look forward to doing back to back for, for this year coming up. Let's take a break really quick, Lance. And we're going to hear from a sponsor right now. Lance, what did you make of Tiofimo, you know, saying that the other fighters at 135 are not built like him and that they are into cloud chasing more than actually calling for the biggest challenges? I loved it because, you know, look, I mean, he's all of these guys have a lot of personality and probably Tiofimo ranks number one, not just as the best lightweight, but as the best talker as well. So, look, he's kind of setting them in line and saying, like, you guys need to know that I'm the champion. I've done this all by on my own. I have not uh, required the assistance and support that each of you have. It's one more way that he's sort of drawing the line between who he is and who they are. And it's a beautiful thing, Mike. I mean, you got, you have to love, and we spoke about it in the interview, you have to love the confidence of Tiafimo Lopez. Um, this is a guy like no other. And I think we, as people who follow the sport and people who are fans of the sport, he says and does all of the, all of the things that we want um, champions to do. He he is not going to shy uh, from these fights. If he, if these fights do not happen, he explained exactly why they are not going to happen. But you can count on Tiafimo to uh, be a participant in these major uh, events that we want the sport to uh, you know have during the course of you know all these years to come. 
And I thought TFMO touched on something that's not talked about enough. And that's when I see all this talk of four kings this and four kings that. With so many weight classes right now, this is all temporary. TFMO said it, right? One or two more fights at 135. Javante Davis, like you pointed out, he's fought at 135 a handful of times, I think once or twice, and he's really more of a natural 130. Um, I think we're also forgetting Shakur Stevenson fighting at 130 now. I spoke to him earlier today. He said his plan is to get a couple of titles at 130 and then go right to 135 and take over there. So mm. I think all this is fluid in boxing, Lance, as we both know. You know, a guy slides through weight classes. There's way too many of them. So who knows who's at 135 in two years? You know, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia are both much bigger guys than uh, Javante Davis as well. I, I see both of them going to 140. Maybe 135 in a year from now is, you know, Jojo Diaz. It's um, Miguel Burchelt, maybe. Shakur Stevenson and Javante. Who knows? Right. No doubt about it. But I think that the fact that they are so close in weight and they both they all have so much time left on their career watches, so to speak, you know, the, the possibility exists for all of these guys to at some point get together. I, I mean, you're absolutely right, Mike. I can remember a few years ago, I was so excited because I got uh, Lomachenko and Mikey Garcia in the room together. And it's like, oh, these guys are going to fight next, you know? And it's like, nope. And you know what? It's not even close to happening. So it can get away from you uh, very quickly. But look, I think the interest is there uh, by most of these guys uh, to make these fights at some point in time. And like you said, there's, I mean, when you look, when you look at everything that is there from 130 to 140, there's so much talent um, that can be matched against each other, not just these four guys. So that's the, the most exciting part of all of this. Yeah. And we heard Tiofimo touch on something that's really permeates throughout the business of boxing because it is a business, is that he felt he left close to 800,000 on the table to fight Lomachenko. He made around 1.2 million. And Loma, I think, made around three two five, definitely over three. But look, I, I should he've got more, maybe. You know, that's a that's a bigger discussion. And we can get into that on future episodes on what fighters are paid and how much they're worth. But um I think it's a refreshing mindset to all right, maybe you take less than what you feel you deserve right now today. You get that victory, and then you say, All right, look, I'm you gotta pay up now or I'm not fighting. And now he can get paid. And I'm sure it's gonna be another struggle with top rank to get paid what he wants. But I think he's greatly greatly enhanced his leverage and position at the negotiating table. You know, he is the undisputed champion. He is becoming a bigger star now. And I am doubt he's going to take short money, short money again. No, and I, I, I think that the the best thing about it is is that he, he's probably, you know, the, the, the seriousness of the battle that he had in, in getting the, or not getting the money from Lomachenko, at least he knows, you know, he's built that star power now, Mike. I mean, this is a guy that we we know, you know, short of Canelo Alvarez and and maybe a, a another guy or two, Tiafimo Lopez is way up there now. Now he's the fighter of the year. He's standing as one of the, you know, the few completely unified champions that we have in the sport. And, you know, his talent is, is extra special. And the fan base knows this. I mean, he, look, he got like what, at least 3 million to 4 million viewers when you count in the, the streaming for his last fight. So a lot of people wanted to see him even before that fight. And then now on the heels of this victory and with that personality that, you know, was a, was a killer as we, uh, as we enjoyed on our show, you know, look, this guy, this guy resonates and, and, and that more than anything else is going to ensure that he's going to get the money that he deserves. Yeah. So like you said, we're going to have to actually get the fights too to get all that money. 
And I have no issue with a Teofimo fighting a guy like Kimbosis. Mandatory aside, it's it's a worthy fight, uh, especially an international fight. If we can get it in Australia, I, I love to see more international fights. And I just hope that he can fight enough times. Yeah, I want to see guys fight three times a year. You know, maybe fight Kimbosis in the first, you know, four months of the year and get another fight in the summer, a bigger fight, or save the bigger fight for the end of the year. But if we're going to map out 2021, Lance, for 135, what do you think is the most realistic scenario? Because if I'm thinking about it, I, I wonder if Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis is, and look, again, I don't want to marinate a fight, but is it the fight that should happen next or should it happen at the end of 2021? Uh, do we maybe, I think I want to see Devin Haney versus Teofimo as maybe the next big fight for Teofimo. And then maybe we get Ryan versus Gervonta at the end of 2021 and then have the winners fight the winner in 2022. But mm. what do you think? And, and, and I also have seen a lot of people say that after watching Ryan, that Gervonta is too much right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think Ryan Garcia and I think the the people that are close to Ryan Garcia, you know, Oscar De La Hoya, Eddie Reynoso, Canelo Alvarez, you know, would be, would be I, I'm sure they're going to be providing this advice. I, it's, it's beyond what I could provide, but I'm sure they're going to be able to say like, hey, Cool your heels a little bit, bud. I mean, this is a the hell of a puncher, a guy who's probably a, a, a more disciplined and more skilled at this point. And just bide your time a little bit. Look, he's in mandatory position, Mike. I know what you're saying about Haney and 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 Lopez, but Garcia's in mandatory mandatory position for that secondary belt with Devin Haney. This is the fight that this is basically the reason this fight was made. And so I'd like to see Ryan Garcia next fight Devin Haney. And then he's got an opportunity to, to stand as a champion. He's in position to fight Tiafima Lopez, even though like that would be even more, more of a challenge than Gervonta Davis. Um, I like the idea of, of, of just seeing what happens in Garcia Haney and then taking a step from there. Maybe let, let Gervonta Davis get one more lightweight fight. So, you know, Everyone feels that he's fully comfortable at that point. I don't know who, what name immediately comes to mind, but um, someone that would test him in some significant way. And then, you know, by the end of the year, let's let's make one of those super fights among those four, and but you know, see who's there. And if the, if it hap- if it happens to be um, Garcia and D- Davis at that point, I'm fine with that. If that happened like in November, December. Yeah, I'd be fine with I'd be fine with that too. Um, it's funny, right? It's such a fine line in boxing because we're always demanding the biggest fights right now. And then we have Ryan Garcia demanding Gervonta before the fight and after the fight. And then again on Monday, again on Tuesday. And now I see fans going, whoa, 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 you're not ready. All right, well, no. which one is it? Yeah. Um, and I get it if they don't think he's ready. But I also think it's refreshing to see fighters call out other top fighters. So Look, as long as I'm always skeptical that we're going to see all four of these guys fight each other. And again, I want to throw Shakur in the mix as well. Yeah. I just hope we get at least one of these fights in 2021. I'm not going to get greedy. So no. go on the record now, Lance. Do we get one of these fights in 2021? Absolutely. And it will involve Devin Haney because it's either going to be Haney Garcia or it's going to be Haney Lopez. And we will we will absolutely see one of those fights. I mean, Tia Fimo spelled it out that he does want to take... Uh, one more lightweight fight after the Cambosis fight. And it's going to be one of those guys. I mean, it's going to be a significant fight for uh, Tiafimo. And, you know, uh, um, the potential for all of this to happen, 
um, is so exciting. I mean, he, you heard what Tiafimo said, that he'd even be willing to fight the winner of the unified 140-pound title fight. To me, that's like, whoa, 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 dude. You know, like, just get into the next year uh, before you do that. But, you know, it, it is it is great that that is the mindset that most of these guys in this area that we're talking about in this lightweight with these the four horsemen are they all have and that's the best thing that we've heard that boxing has ever experienced in a long time to have you know fighters talk the way that these guys are talking yeah you know the more i think of it after listening to tfimo after listening to you lance i think the fight i want to see most at 135 right now at least is tfimo against haney um, for once, the sanctioning bodies are doing good. I love all the bad blood over who's champion and who's not, all the trash talk. Like you said, all four of these guys are great trash talkers. And I think an absolutely perfect follow-up to Teofimo's breakout 2020 would be Cambosis in Australia, followed by Devin Haney in the summer, and then the winner of Taylor Ramirez in December on Heisman night. I, I know it's doubtful. I know this is boxing, but that would be a great scenario. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And, you know, look, I mean, we can't discount... You know, we're going to have a fight with uh, Miguel Burchelt and Oscar Valdez coming up. Burchelt wins that fight and kind of shows how dominant he is. Why couldn't he move into that fray as well? Um, so there's just so much talent to to call upon, um, you know, that that still is is out there. And the, and that's a, the thing that really excites me about wh where we are. Ryan Garcia kind of, you know, following up what the other guys did last year, um, by starting the year, just, you know, whets the appetite so much more. Yep. I can't wait. And it, it was a great start to 2021, Ryan Garcia beating Luke Campbell. And now we're off to the races. Our next big fight. Well, the next fight of no, of any kind of substance, I think isn't until January 23rd on Showtime when Angelo Leo defends his 122 pound title against Stephen Fulton, followed by a week later, Sergey Kovalev against Bektamir Melikuziev and we have a lot to look forward to Lance I'm excited and thank you all the listeners who have joined us throughout 2020 and we look forward to another big year in 2021